Good morning. You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And if you are there, download our free mobile app. Watch all of our previous uh, messages. It's just a good app. I say it every day. So uh, jump on that. So I think some of you had seen on the Facebook page that uh, I had quite the eventful morning. I blew a tire on the way in here. Typically, I like to get into the office and I like to, you know, spend some time, put on some music, go through the scriptures for the day. I like to prepare for what I'm going to share with you. But, you know, God uh, sometimes will... Um, listen, God didn't pop my tire. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we will get thrown curveballs each and every day. And what happens there is that uh, we need to adjust. Amen. So we are in Matthew chapter nine, and uh, we have been going through uh, this chapter. And yesterday, we see Jesus call upon the tax man, Matthew himself. He says, follow me. And Matthew does. And we talked yesterday about um, how Jesus, he calls Matthew and then he gets, he goes to Matthew's house, right? And the Pharisees are saying, why are you eating with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus says, it is the sick that need a physician, not the healthy. And he says, I came for the sinners and not for the righteous. Now, the Pharisees had no uh, understanding at that, at that point that they are among the sinners. And some of us have met people like that. Uh, some of us have been like that. Some of us may be still like that. Uh, and we are working on it. So we now go. And so let's really look at where we are here, because now. If we go back even before Jesus calls Matthew, right, he goes to the paralyzed man and he says, your sins are forgiven. They hear this, right? They being the Pharisees. And that makes them extremely angry. Why? Because only God can forgive sins. I'll say it again. Only God can forgive sins. So that means Jesus is equating himself to God. Yes. Yes, he is something that they had a really hard time equating, even though they should know from prophecy that when the Messiah comes, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. OK, so now shots fired. OK, the Pharisees, um, at least to where Matthew records it here. Now they're after Jesus. They're going to pick apart every single thing that he does uh, from this point. So we see getting mad that Jesus forgives sins, then getting mad now that Matthew is, uh, you know, considered worthy of Jesus's time. Remember, the Pharisees wouldn't go near places. And we see Jesus going to people and places that the Pharisees were not willing to go to. So now 
they challenge Jesus in this portion of scripture. We are going to be in Matthew chapter nine, starting with verse 14. For those of you who just jumped on the stream, uh, we don't have the words today. Uh, so I have the word today in my physical uh, Bible here. But if you had the app, I'll say it again. Okay, so we're going to start reading with chapter 14. I'm, I'm sorry, verse number 14. It says, the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So these are actually disciples of John the Baptist, and uh, they are coming. And if you see in other parts of the of the Gospels, um, they like to ask questions, and they're trying to draw the distinction between John the Baptist and Jesus. And we know John the Baptist said it. He said, he is the light. I am not the light. I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. So John the Baptist is trying to step aside. His disciples um, are kind of on the fence and they challenge Jesus. Let's not say that. They ask a question, right? It's okay to ask God questions. He can handle it. And they say, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So there was an observance uh, with the Pharisees. They would fast sometimes twice a week. And if you remember back in Matthew chapter three, they would fast and they would do so in a way where they would sour their face. And they would they would want everybody to know that they were fasting, right? They were they were like showing off. They would show off how they pray. They would show off how they fast. They wanted everybody to say say, "Look at how holy and mighty this person is." And uh, as we learned in previous chapters, that is not <laughs> the proper way to live a pious and righteous life, looking for the approval of men over the approval of God. Amen. So <clears throat> the um, these disciples of John compare themselves to the Pharisees. Look at the fact that Jesus is not um, fasting and ne neither are his disciples. Um, so uh, they ask him this. And Jesus says to him, them in verse 15 that the attendance of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast. So Jesus uses a bit of a, a parable here to show that they are celebrating, they are with the Messiah, they are with him, okay? There will come a time where he is not physically present, where they will fast. But I want you to understand the... Um, the transition that hap is happening here, the transition is going from a transactional relationship with God and a do this out of obligation to a freedom where the spiritual and, and even old covenant, some old covenant principles remain, right? Let's think of a few. Let's think of like giving, okay? Giving is one, um, you know, loving your neighbor, another one, um, uh, and uh, here fasting. So these things don't go away, but they take on a, a freedom to that. We fast today because it helps us to separate our fleshly desires and starve those because those get us in trouble. And it allows us to embrace the spiritual, right? We, what you feed will grow. And if you, we are gluttonous in our physical desires, 
they, our physical desires are temporary and insatiable, right? Um, so uh, what Jesus is saying here is that basically they don't need to fast right now. I'm with them. When I leave them physically, they will need a little more spiritual strength. They're, they're, they're going to be doing things that, uh, remember, they're watching Jesus do these things. Jesus is now going to impart into them, and eventually they're going to be doing the things that Jesus is doing. So he's not saying that fasting is not uh, for today, uh, but he's saying they're, you know, they're with me now. I'm not going to be with them forever, and eventually they will you know, go back to fasting, but they'll do it in their freedom, not out of obligation. Amen. Okay. So let's continue here with verse 16. And he continues with uh, the imagery. He says, but no one puts a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the, and uh, a worse tear results, nor do men put new wine skin in uh, new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst, the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins. Both are preserved. Okay, let's break this down, and then we're going to send you off on your day here. And by the way, with the challenges that we have, I just want to break this for a second and just talk about life in general. And I think I'm getting to the, I'm, I'm getting to the age where I can say, you know what I've learned in my time? Uh, it, it felt like not too long ago. I, 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 I was, uh, too young to say that, but, uh, as I, as I hit my mid, uh, my mid forties, I think I can say this once in a while. What, one thing that I've learned is that to fight for consistency in your life, and I meant to say this earlier. I want to say it now before we hit this last point. I will take discipline over motivation anytime because motivation, motivation can go up or down. You know, motivation is almost like an external thing. I'm motivated to do this because discipline is when you do things, even though it's difficult, it would have been very easy for me today to say, Hey, you know, tire blew out had a rough morning. I'm having technical difficulties on the live stream. Let's just table this for tomorrow. But I wanted to fight for consistency because one, I know that you enjoy this and I do too. Um, so it's for you, but really, uh, to be honest, it's, it's to keep the habits in our life saying, Hey, even when you're throwing a curveball, follow through with what you plan to do. So fight for discipline. Motivation's fine, but I'll take discipline over motivation any day. Amen to that. Okay, so let's talk about the old um, wine skin, uh, new wine. Uh, basically, what Jesus is is talking about here is that he did not come to repair the old covenant. He came to replace the old covenant. And some people don't like hearing that, right? They don't like hearing that the old covenant was replaced. It came to fulfill that. And Hebrews 8.13 says, because we call this old, old covenant uh, obsolete, it is fading away and will quickly leave. In that generation, there was, the old covenant was closing. It was the end of the age and the new covenant was surfacing. By the end of that, uh, by the end of that, uh, uh, century, um, the old, new covenant was in full effect and even the temple worship was not there anymore. So Jesus is telling them that the new covenant doesn't repair the old and that the present institutions can't hold what Jesus 
was bringing. And how I want to apply that to our own lives is sometimes we want to take old methods and old blessings into this new thing that God is wanting us to do. There's plenty in our life <clears throat> that was a blessing to us in time, but there is sometimes a, sometimes a transitionary period where God is looking to do something new and old ways, old vehicles are not going to cut it. You have to be willing to, for God to be, to uh, establish new wineskins in your life. And it's going to require new methods. This is the glory to glory concept. Okay. So sometimes we pray to God and we say, God, I want this new in my life, but we don't want to let go of the old. So I hope that resonates with some of you here today is that sometimes you have to let go of the old so that God can fully establish the new. Think about what was happening, right? Jesus is trying to get them prepared. You're not going to be able to depend on a temple for the dwelling of God. You will be the dwelling of God. You're not going to have to depend on a sacrifice for atonement of sins. I'm going to take care of the sacrifice and you're going to be forgiven of sins. So you can now walk in your forgiveness and walk in that victory instead of having to go back to the temple every single time and uh, get reestablished with rightness with God. You're right with God. No matter what happened this morning, no matter what happened last night, you what you did may not be right for God, with God. And repentance is still impo uh, very important. You have to turn away from those things. Why? Because they're destroying your physical life. The things that you allow to stay are, are really hindering your operation in walking in the fullness of God. But he's letting them know things like an eye for an eye, a tooth for tooth. These things are, I mean, you would, he's telling them you were taught this, but I'm telling you something different. Love your enemies. Pray for those, bless those that persecute you. Not easy to do, but worth it in the kingdom of God. So he's telling them because they're barking that they're not fasting. And he's saying, listen, things are changing here. And you're not going to be able to put the new wine that I'm bringing into old wineskins. It's going to bust. And that was the problem with the Pharisees. And that's a problem, honestly, with the overly religious in our in our society, the ones that say, that want to put God in a box and not, uh, you know, not allow the freedom that really comes with Christ is that when they try to take that box and when you pour the true Jesus into that box, into that wineskin, that wineskin bursts. God doesn't want your wineskin to burst. He wants to keep expanding your territory in the kingdom of God because we are operating in the absolute fullness of everything that God has to offer. Amen. So go out, embrace the new thing that God is trying to do in your life today. He's going to open up doors of opportunities for you today to, to be a blessing to others, to impact this world. And I just pray and know uh, that because we get together like we do here, that you are going to be ready to walk through those doors when they open. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person that is within the sound of my voice. I pray that you bless them today. Just tell God, say, God, I expect good things today. And by the way, good things don't mean you won't blow out a tire like I did this morning. I looked at that and I said, okay, God, 
just thank you that I have another vehicle. Thank you that this didn't happen when I was driving 90 miles an hour on the road. What do you have just to thank God? Even in the hiccups of the day, there's plenty to thank God about. Amen. So just, you know, let's do that. Let's just say thank you, God. No matter what happens today, thank you. No matter what happens today, we trust you in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Church. You're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for about 1% of our day and then we head out and do something amazing. Go out and do something great for Christ's sake. Have a great day.